This is episode 344 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Scream, also known as Scream 5, and what his thoughts are on the entire franchise as he did a rewatch in preparation for the fifth one. What will he think of the fifth one? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. Uh, if you guys could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. You know, maybe there's just someone in your life that just doesn't like movies, doesn't know what a movie is. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty bad at explaining about like what a movie is, but maybe we can get them to appreciate movies more, or maybe we can get them to open up their eyes and listen to conversations and just hear some dude in his uh, office, in his house, uh, uh, talk about movies and break them down. And if that is something that you think they would like, shoot, shoot them this episode, you know, uh, and maybe we can turn them to be a, a movie fan. Who, who knows what could happen with the power of sharing stuff on social media. But uh, yes, uh, thank you guys for all you guys' support. As usual, uh, with each and every single episode, you guys are the best. So like I said at the top, this is episode 344. Uh, I will be going over Scream, um, also known as Scream 5. Uh, that is the main topic of conversation. I will also be going over my complete rewatch of the entire franchise leading up to this point. I'll kind of touch upon the SAG nominations uh, a little bit. Um, and yeah, that was just kind of like my... My main topic I wanted to talk about, because the SAG uh, nominations are a, a huge indicator for what could lead to the Oscars uh, when they come out with their uh, nominations. So exciting stuff. It is award season after all. So, But uh, before we get into all of that, I got to ask, per usual, you know it's coming. How you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Uh, it is mid-January at this point of the recording. Uh, I saw a Scream last night. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, very fun to always go back to the theater. Uh, we got it in Dolby Cinema, uh, so you know all those jump scares were just a thousand times louder. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's always a, a, a nice nice treat to just uh, go to the theater and everything. And I would like to thank the um, uh, PR company uh, Allied Global Marketing. Uh, it's one of the companies that um, I do reviews for and everything, and so uh, they they put on a a heck of a uh, screening last night, so thank you for that. But um, yeah, uh, hopefully everyone is uh, doing well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's getting a little colder now. Um, since I'm working from home, uh, in the mornings I'm waking up and I'm walking because um, I, I used to uh, work out at the gym at my job, and so I was like, well, if I'm gonna be stuck at home for a couple weeks, I don't want to let that slide. So. I get up early and uh, walk, and it's so cold outside that I'm starting to get the uh, the cracks <laughs> on my knuckles and in between my fingers, and so I'm like, oh, my skin's drying out. I must be a lizard. So, uh, yeah, it's um, don't like the cold weather um, at all. It just uh, my my skin dries up so much, and then I'll just start bleeding and cracking, and then I'll just look like a uh, a cracked up burlap sack. Of a, of a person and my skin will just fall apart. So that's what's been going on with me uh, physically. Uh, my hands are just, uh, they're just um, scre screaming for lotion or screaming for some type of moisture. 
there you go. Insert uh, innuendo there. Um, yeah, but uh, that's, been, that's what's been going on with that. Um, as far as catching up on stuff, I haven't really watched anything. I watched um, uh, just as kind of like a goofy comedy to like, I, I don't know what I've, I, I told you guys this a couple weeks ago or even last week. I just been in the mood to watch like all these comedies and stuff that I grew up with and some of them hold up and some of them don't, but like, man, some of the jokes in them will just catch me off guard and I will just, I will just laugh myself silly. I, uh, I watched, uh, like three fourths of blades of glory. I haven't finished it yet, but, um, it still holds up. I, I, I thought while watching it, that this was going to be the movie that would, uh, explode John Heater again. You know, uh, Napoleon Dynamite kind of did that for him, and of course, you know he's he's alongside Will Ferrell, so Will Ferrell is going to have the clout over him. But maybe like that was the movie that was supposed to like do another kind of uh, uh, like a second jump for John Heater's career, and it didn't. He just kind of fell by the wayside. He pops up in stuff every now and then, but um, that movie's like really funny, and so um, I, I sound like a mean girl there. It's like really funny. Um, yeah, so Blades of Glory, I think, still holds up. Uh, and I love the addition of, like, Will Arnett and uh, Amy Poehler as, like, the people they're going against. It's just a fun movie. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. But I, I really have uh, had fun with it. So that's the only thing I've kind of caught up on. I'm also watching a bunch of stuff in preparation for future episodes, um, which I could I could tease here. Um, so I've been watching like Power of the Dog and Belfast and I'm going to watch Mass. Uh, I got everything on my calendar. Um, Mass. I got some docs I want to watch. Um, Drive My Car, The Lost Daughter, uh, The Card Counter. Basically just like everything I can do to catch up from last year. Because I know the nominations for the Oscars are going to be next month, uh, mid-February. So between now and then, like, you know, there's really not much coming out. Besides, you know, like screaming stuff. So I figure I, I, I just kind of catch up on stuff and that's what you guys are going to get content wise. So that's what I've been kind of mapping out and kind of seeing like what I want to do. Um, so for for this episode, you guys are going to get Scream. Uh, for next episode, you guys are going to get Power of the Dog and Belfast. And then after that, it's just kind of a... You know, I, I've kind of like just throw, thrown it at the wind where like I, I've, I kind of looked at the coming soon page and I'm like, well, maybe if I see that or maybe if I don't, I, I, I just I don't know yet. But for next week, uh, absolutely. I have um, uh, Power of the Dog in Belfast. Now, uh, I should receive some type of invite for Jackass Forever. Uh, that might be the January 4th episode. I might just do a complete rewatch of the the previous movies in preparation for that, and that will be your episode. Then after that, I think I'm going to get uh, to see Death on the Nile. What a very <laughs> interesting conversation that will be. That will be the following week. Then after that, I might get something to Uncharted. Um, so that could be the episode. Maybe Dog or Ambulance. And then the for the final week, in February, I don't really have um, anything that's coming out. It's just kind of like up in the air at this point. But uh, that's kind of the prospect that I have for like the next few weeks. And then, of course, you guys are going to get mini reviews. Um, like I mentioned, Mass, some docs, other movies that I missed. You guys will just get a sprinkling of a bunch of different 
things for the next few weeks. So just just be prepared. Um, a lot of content coming your way. I will um, spread it out as much as I can. That way uh, no one is overloaded and have like four podcast episodes in their queue. So I, I will I will try to do my best. Um, but um, yeah, that is, uh, that is uh, I guess, the prospect for the rest of January and February. Um, also, I will do a Academy Award nomination uh, episode uh, live. I will do it as they announce it um, and give you my thoughts in real time. So that will be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, um, so that's uh, that's housekeeping with that stuff. So the, um, the SAG, nom- speaking of awards, the SAG nominations dropped the other day. And I want to kind of just give you my brief thoughts on it. There's a lot of things I haven't seen yet. Um, so I will once again, I have to catch up on it, especially if they get nominated for the Oscars. But um, yeah, I just want to go over the list real quick and just kind of give you uh, my thoughts on it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of television stuff. I watch a lot of television, but I just, I don't have any knowledge um, or any type of clout to be like, yeah, this is uh, this is good stuff. Because um, like st- stuff like Secession, uh, Squid Game, uh, haven't even been keeping up with The Handmaid's Tale. It's just like there's just stuff that I have not um, have seen. So we'll jump straight to the movies. Uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. Uh, Katariana Balfi, uh, Belfast. Kate Blanchett, Nightmare Alley. Uh, Ariana DeBoss, West Side Story. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog. And Ruth Nega uh, for Passing. I have not seen Nightmare Alley or uh, Passing yet. Uh... Belfast, like, she was good. Um, Kirsten Dunst was very, very good in The Power of the Dog. But Ariane DeBoss, so much light and so much energy that was injected into that performance. Every time she was on screen, she was just magnetic. And so she'd be my pick, personally, uh, for West Side Story. And honestly, I can see her kind of going all the way for um, the Oscar. I think she'll be nominated, and she might win. So um, there's that. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role. Ben Affleck in The Tender Bar. Bradley Cooper, Licorice Pizza. Troy Kotzer, uh, Coda. Jared Leto, House of Gucci. And Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog. Have not seen House of Gucci yet or The Tender Bar. Uh, I do plan on watching The Tender Bar. Um, that will be one of the ones I also catch up on. Once again, i got to add it to my calendar. Just got so much to do, guys. Um, but yes, out of the ones I have seen, my, my pick has always been the same for supporting actor. Um, Troy uh, Kotzer, incredible performance. Uh, so emotionally layered and just so much depth that that man brings um, as a father um, trying to like just hold his family together. It's an incredible performance. And I don't know if he's going to get nominated for the Oscars. Uh, I wish he could win. That would be an incredible win for that movie because um, the movie is already amazing and it's one of my I haven't done my list yet nor will I think I, I will <laughs> uh, just because I there's just so much I have to catch on I'm just gonna be so behind at that point um, but Coda was one of my favorites of the year uh, out of the ones I did see so that makes sense to me uh, I heard Jerry Leto was super campy in his role I don't know why he's in there Cody Smith McPhee was also like very nuanced in that movie and I uh, I, I like this nomination. Bradley Cooper is insane in <laughs> Licorice Pizza, but um, he completely delivers it, so I, I, I really like it. And then, 
I, I will have to check out the Tinder bar um, uh, later. But my pick is uh, Troy Kotsur for uh, Coda. But who's actually going to get it? I can see them giving it to Jared Leto. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really complain, but uh, I can just see that happening. Or this could be one of those cases where Power of the Dog might sweep um, a lot of these categories too. So who knows? Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga, The House of Gucci, Jennifer Hudson, Respect, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos. Um, get Nicole Kidman out of there. Uh, I just I'm kind of, I'm I'm neutral in that movie, as you guys know. I just I don't know. Uh, Jessica Chastain's very very good in the movie. Um, in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, I prefer Andrew Garfield uh, more out of the two. Um, haven't seen House of Gucci. Have not seen Respect, have not seen The Lost Daughter. So, honestly, <coughs> excuse me, I have no stakes in this. I have, I don't even have any guesses. Um, I need to see The Lost Daughter because that might be one of those like movies that sneak up on the award season, and I could uh, see that doing some damage. <sighs> also, do I like the fact that like four of them were biopics? No. <laughs> Uh, I, I wish there were more original ones, but I don't know. I could see them giving it to Jennifer Hudson, maybe. Maybe like, maybe this is the the one that uh, House of Gucci will win. Um, yeah, I could see it between be, be between those two with Olivia Coleman as like the dark horse. So, yeah. Once again, I have no stakes in it because I've only seen two of these. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, and Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I've seen all these except for King Richard and Tick, Tick, Boom, but I hear Will Smith and Andrew Garfield are both amazing in their, in their respective films. My personal pick is Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, just to give you guys a little precursor into next week's episode, it's I don't think I've ever seen him act that way before and it was it was arresting it was the type of performance from him that you just don't expect but when it happens you're like you feel like you've experienced a new leaf in this uh this man's career like it, it's it's really good it's very once again with Cody Smith McPhee Jesse Plemons and uh, Kirsten Dunst just all very nuanced, all just kind of like the simmering, kind of bubbling performance that just that just sits there, and then like when it pops off, it pops off, and then it settles back down. It's just it's a very just kind of like very controlled uh, type of performance, but very very powerful. So, and Denzel Washington, like um, you know, I, I, I the movie's whatever because I'm not just a huge Shakespeare fan, but I will agree that he is he's great in it, and he made me actually believe the dialogue that i was hearing um because that's usually the hardest thing with me with shakespeare stuff so in the javier bardem i think he's the better out of the two in that movie but i just don't god you're gonna put in like simon rex and red rocket where's he at it just <sighs> sometimes man when you look at these awards nominations you're like really this could have been this person um but yes, my personal pick has been at Cumberbatch for now until I can see King Richard and Tick, Tick, Boom. 
I can see them giving it to Will Smith. Uh, I've heard a lot of momentum behind his performance. Uh, they could also give it to Denzel. Both are goats. Uh, I uh, I can see that happening. So, yeah, I, I really I really have nothing more to add. I need to see Tick Tick Boom and King Richard. I might uh, uh, I might correct that uh, here in a couple couple days. But and then their version of uh, Best Picture, which is outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, House of Gucci, and King Richard. That is an interesting list, all ranging from big all-star casts from like Don't Don't Look Up and House of Gucci to smaller stuff like Coda and Belfast. I, I, I like the mix. Um, so I've seen all of them except for House of Gucci and King Richard. I can see them either going the prolific one and do don't look up or do a dark horse pick and do something like coda or belfast i think that would be incredible and i would be i would be so happy if if coda won this but i think i think they might go don't look up or house of gucci honestly so We'll see, um, but yes, there's uh, just from looking at this list, there's a lot of stuff that I missed that I need to catch up on. But, but uh, yeah, and the rest are TV and stunts and all that stuff. So that's kind of my quick thoughts on the SAG Awards uh, for this year. Um, yeah, uh, looking forward to more award nominations uh, upcoming from like the Directors Guild and the Producers Guild and uh, Writers Guild and all that stuff. Uh, I, I love this time of the year. So let's. Uh, yeah, let's keep it going. So, but yes, SAG Awards, um, you know, kind of a mixed bag in my opinion. Some good stuff, some bad stuff, uh, some questionable stuff, stuff I haven't seen. So, kind of all over the place. Okay, so that is the SAG Award nomination. So, the main topic of conversation that you guys are going to hear me go over is Scream, also known as Scream 5. I, I have to say that each time because if I just say Scream, people are going to assume I'm just talking about the first one. So, Scream, Scream 5. Um, is coming out this weekend, and you know I wanted to do a rewatch. I wanted to see if the other four still held up in my eyes because I hadn't seen them in quite some time, and I wanted to just have a different uh, perspective on it. You know, I'm I'm older now. I'm reviewing stuff now. Like I might have a different take on it. So I watched all four of them, and so to kind of run down them really quick, first one is by far the best one like the creme de la creme it is a film that came out of nowhere it was uh trailblazing at the time because slasher films were pretty much dead at this point and scream revitalized the slasher genre while also poking fun at itself while also being something original and a fun little contained mystery on all of its own so it was the perfect storm of parody and actual horror film. Um, and it was a, a nice blend. And, you know, this whole franchise, uh, you're going to see a theme with it. It has always been a high wire act where the film could easily tip over and fall on one side and be just a, a parody of itself. And then it could also fall on the other side and not having enough commentary and just being a generic slasher film without anything to say. So it's always done that high wire balancing act of doing both very very well 
And the first one came out of the gate strong. It had uh, great characters that we love to follow. Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, all just really fun performances and a very, very fun whodunit that had some really great commentary on slasher films and horror films and the rules and all that stuff and them going against their own rules. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, a really good film. Then we get to Scream 2. And usually with sequels, like, and they even address this in the movie, like, sequels are usually in, inferior and all that stuff. I thought the sequel was pretty good. And it, it, it does what, you know, sequels are supposed to do. It builds upon the first one while also being its own uh, little mystery. It elevates the uh, stakes with the killers and the connections with the other characters. Like, it's just a, a great building block upon the franchise. It's uh, definitely more violent than the first one, so they definitely upped their game with uh, the violence. The um, The cast is stacked in this one. Jada Pinkett Smith, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Joshua Jackson, Timothy Oliphant. It's, um, it's just stacked with new faces and faces that we've seen before, and seeing their younger selves is just so much fun. You're just like, awesome. I'm, I'm glad that for the sequel they were able to get um, as many people as they did. It was also a fast turnaround. Uh, the first one came out in 96, and the second one came out in 97. So they cranked this one out really, really fast. Oh, and by the way, uh, first and second one so far, directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. Uh, uh, yeah, um, Kevin Williamson is the, the creator of the franchise. So, so sequel, great. I love the killer's motives, absolutely insanity, but um, that's what you expect from these movies. You expect the long villain monologue at the end, like, I did this because of this. And you're just like, just chewing up the scenery. I love it. Then we get to the third one, which is arguably the, the one where it splits people. A lot of people either are okay with it, a lot of people like it, and then some people just don't flat out like it at all. And it's all attributed to the uh, killer reveal. I liked the first one or the third one uh, on a rewatch when I first watched it back uh, when I was a kid um, you know I, I enjoyed it um, but uh, I think seeing it through a different lens I, I, I actually do like the movie the killer reveal I could it doesn't have the same impact for me as the, um, the previous two installments but still a lot of fun um, this one was made three years later after the second one so some time has passed uh, between two and three, and maybe some of that momentum uh, that two had uh, was kind of died off just because they waited so long to get the third one out. But a good installment. Um, it's definitely bottom tier for me, but it still accomplishes what it needs to do, and I think it does it pretty well. So, yeah, uh, so that was in the year 2000. Once again, Wes Craven directed it. was not written by Kevin Williamson. It was written by... Uh, um, Ethan Kruger, I think that's his name. Um, okay, so fast forward to 2011. So 11 years later, Scream 4 comes out, directed by Wes Craven. So Wes has directed all of them up until this point. Um, and this one, the fourth one is written by Kevin Williamson, so he comes back. Fourth one's great. Um, 
it uh, is definitely modernized. It, it, it takes the uh, approach of like live streaming uh, events, and you know this is where people uh, were starting to get it like on Periscope and Facebook and all that stuff. So that made sense to kind of adapt it to more of a modern time and more of a, a, a technology and digital angle. You know, having the killer wanting to live stream the whole movie and everything uh, in front of us, while also once again picking apart horror commentary. Uh, in 2011, uh, the kills were were great. the The performances were also scene chewer, scene chewer, chewery, scene chewing. I don't even know how to say that. I just I had a brain aneurysm. Uh, anyways, fourth one's great. Um, I, I like the addition of Hayden Pimentier, um, uh, Emma Roberts. Of course, Neff Campbell comes back. Courtney Cox and David Arquette, and so it's just. A really solid sequel, um, and especially for the fourth one, you figure it would it would lose some steam or lose some gas at this point, but it, it was uh, another great installment, especially on a rewatch. And I loved, um, especially Emma Roberts' performance. <laughs> Just uh, I, I love, I love when people. Um, um, can just look like they're having a lot of fun and it makes me have a lot of fun with it, especially since it's a movie that you shouldn't take too serious anyways. Um, it just makes it all, uh, of a better watch. So yeah, the fourth one was uh, pretty solid. And so unfortunately for the fifth one, before, you know, we dive into it, um, Wes Craven passed, um, you know, rest in peace. And so this one is not directed by him. Um, and also Kevin Williamson did not write it. So this is one of those things to where it's a completely new set of people tackling something that um, has been established and it's uh, it's going to be quite interesting. So yeah, so that's my thoughts kind of on the franchise, uh, on a, a complete rewatch going into it. Um, yeah, I just, uh, this franchise is uh, surprising me just every single time uh, with uh, each new installment. And of course, you know, 11 years later, we get number five. So when we come back from the break, I will be going over Scream, also known as Scream 5, and giving you uh, my thoughts on that. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll see you in a bit. (laughs) And welcome back from the break. Uh, Let's go ahead and dive right into it, not waste any more time. Let's talk about Scream, also known as Scream 5. Going into this, I... Uh, was looking forward to it. I liked the trailers. I've liked everything else in the franchise so far. They've all just been good to great installments and a very consistent franchise overall. So I had I had high hopes for this one. I was just wanting another good one to kind of put on the notch of the Scream belt. And so after all the trailers and all, all the, the early press that have been uh, kind of building up for this movie, saying it's, it's one of the best in the, the series finally saw it i would agree it's a, it's another good one uh this is no exception uh this is uh another one that i would gladly put up there just with the whole the whole franchise it's just it's a consistent one guys and it could be in the the argument for one of the best horror franchises of all time just because of how consistent it is so yeah uh, the plot uh, for the fifth one is uh, 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. So um, 
you know, what I really like about uh, this one is that, just like with the, the previous sequels, is that it builds upon the original. You know, we're in 2022 now, times are changing, and so you have to kind of adapt your meta commentary to fit the time. And the cool thing with Scream is that it's always made fun of itself. It's always poked fun at the genre that it's trying to emulate, while also at the same time being a very clever, just kind of fun and very bloody and violent whodunit. And so this is, is falling in the same line. It's just more for a modern audience, really kind of commentary on the uh, reboots and sequels and elevated horror and fan sites and comment sections and how toxic fandom can be. It's unapologetically meta and it's really in your face. And that's another thing this franchise does very well, in my opinion, is that it balances this high wire act of being too self-aware to where it's almost borderline parody and then also like still maintaining its originality and doing something fresh and different. So it's always been doing that uh, ever since the first one. And I, I think once again, it rides that line. It's a very high wire act, but I think the directors here, um, let me uh, get their names so I don't mispronounce it. Uh, Matt Bet Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler uh, Gillette. I uh, recognize their names from Ready or Not, uh, that film that came out in 2019. A uh, really fun one as well with uh, Samara Weaving. But uh, here, they they understand the source material. They, they gathered what was so great about the original Scream films while also uh, establishing their own stamp on it. And, you know, having, you know, um, these nice sets of tension uh, before each kill and really setting up the shot, making you feel anxious and making you feel like you're a part of the experience. And having them putting you in the front row seat of that Scream experience is really unique to these guys and making you feel like you're a part of this mystery and this this whodunit. So um, I really I really like the way they, they directed this. It's very, just a, a very sleek horror film. Um, it's got some creative uh, cinematography and creative uh, jump scares, and I really appreciated that. And it's unapologetically violent and bloody, probably the most bloody one in the series. Um, and so they're d definitely taking their ready or not uh, kind of experience and, uh, amping it up to an 11. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I kind of like the, just their approach and just their, their confidence going into this franchise. It's the first one that's not directed by Wes Craven, big shoes to fill. And so they understand that they, they need to deliver on all fronts. And I think having that confidence show on screen, I really appreciate it. So everything from the commentary to the general mystery to the tension that's built up within the scenes, to the super bloody kills, to the um, to the new characters, to the old characters coming together, meshing well, even pulling out some nice emotional scenes from some of the actors. That's all the directors, all that, and they were able to balance it all really well. So I, I really um, I really appreciate that. Uh, the screenplay is also uh, the second one that's not written by Kevin Williamson. He was the one that created the first one, and I think for the most part, it it does um, it does its best to adapt to a modern audience, and you know, kind of picking apart kind of the reboot sequel kind of um, fascination that Hollywood has, and elevated horror like the Babadook and Hereditary, and just commentary on that. That was really clever. I didn't really expect that. Uh, 
I didn't know which route they were going to go just because, you know, in Scream 4, we had it to where it's 2011, people were live streaming everything, so that was kind of like, it's it's a niche, and so I was curious to know how they were going to do it, but I think uh, the screenplay serves it well. Um, you know, I, I kind of figured out who the killers were, like, maybe like midway through, um, but even to the very end, they still had me on a limb thinking of other people, so kudos to the writers on that. Uh, the performances, like I said, all very fun. Uh, I love the mix of the the old cast members and the new cast members. Uh, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, they're classics. Um, they're, there's a reason why they keep popping up in um, this series is because they're just really good. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they serve the story. They serve purpose. They serve uh, emotional weight to the stakes that are being played out. Everything about it. I just love them three, and um, they always look like they're having a ball every single time when they're on uh, one of these sets. Um, Marley Shelton from the fourth one. She plays uh, uh, Deputy Hicks from the fourth one. Um, she she pops up in this one too, so nice continuation of the fourth one. And so the new cast was really bizarre to see because I've seen most of them on television shows or like uh, streaming services, and it was just... Um, um, I don't know. Just uh, I was just like, oh wow, like that person's from this, this person's from that. So it was really cool to see them um all be in the same scene. Uh, and so you know, Jenny Ortega, Melissa Barrera, uh, they're kind of the two leads uh, in terms of the new people. Really great stuff. And, and like I said, people could have phoned this in. People could have easily just given a a, a, a half baked performance. Some of his performances were really good. Um, like I said, uh, Olpen and Galette really tried to draw out as much emotional absorbage in each scene to make us actually care about the characters. And there's a couple of them that have really great like uh, family drama and like kind of um, dynamic that really kind of uh, uh, accentuate the emotions a lot more. And I really, I really enjoyed that. Once again, it's just a nice little cherry on top of the cake, if you will. Uh, Dylan uh, Manette, 13 Reasons Why, Jack Quaid, The Boys, Mason Gooding, um, uh, which one is he from? Never Have I Ever. Was it that one? I, th I think so. He's on one of the Netflix uh, uh, teenage uh, uh, dramas that my wife and I watch. Um, Mikey Madison, uh, Sonia Amar, Jasmine Savoy Brown, all, all great. I loved everyone's charisma, their personality. It looked like, and it felt like, they were just having a lot of fun. Um, and they felt like they were honored to be like just a part of this franchise. And I, I, I could feel that. I could feel that love. So I really appreciate that. So, yeah, I don't know what else uh, more to say. Um, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's pretty much the same plot <laughs> as the uh, first four. You know, there's... Uh, you know, there's been some silence in Woodsboro. Ghost faces come back, and they have to kind of figure out who did it. And you will have the whole villain monologue at the end and why they did it, and it's just absolute insanity sometimes. But yeah, I think um, uh, in terms of rankings, I would still go. I would go one, two, four, five, three. Yeah. I, I, and four and five could be switched, but once again, we're we're uh, splitting hairs at this point because I think all of them, 
including this new one, is just really, really good. I, I mean, I don't have to think that they're masterpieces or anything. It's just, they're just really good movies. Um, first one's always the best, but in terms of a consistent franchise, even 10 years apart from the last one, they're still able to deliver. And so if you are a fan of the Scream franchise, I think you're going to really enjoy this. Please let me know down below or tweet at me or whatever. Uh, let me know your thoughts on the movie and what you think about the franchise overall. How would you rank them after seeing number five? I would love to know your thoughts. That will do it for this episode. Uh, episode 344 is in the bag. Next week, episode 345 will be The Power of the Dog and Belfast. A couple of awards hopefuls. Um, and I figured, you know, why not talk about them? Because they could be very, very um, relevant in the next month or two with awards and everything. So, yeah, Power of the Dog is currently on Netflix. If you guys want to watch that and prepare for my review. And Belfast is from Focus Features. It is not available yet it might be available for rent on like voodoo and like um excuse me itunes and stuff uh check it out uh if you guys want to prepare for the review but um yes that will be next week's episode so uh thank you for joining me uh another episode of real me and colin movie podcast i am chase lee you guys are just downright amazing uh, i hope you guys have a great day or night or whenever you're listening to this you guys give me life you guys give me love i appreciate every single one of you you guys are awesome so I'll see you guys next week for another episode of the Room and Cold Movie Podcast. Once again, I'm Chase, and I'll see you guys then. Goodbye.